Hey everybody, this is Brendan Hausler with Evoke Bike. Welcome to the podcast. I wanted to talk about what my training philosophy is. I've gotten a few questions and sometimes people ask me this when they sign up for the power file analysis. They're like, hey, just tell me about your overall philosophy. And I think it's a great question. So to add some context, I've been training and racing with the power meter for over 150,000 miles on road and gravel, mainly road, gravel just the past few years. I'm a three-time Masters National Champion. I'm the co-founder of Evoke Bike and current president and just love talking about training, racing, and getting faster. So I thought about this and I put down six bullet points that I'll read through and they pretty much have two little points to each and then I'll dive into them a little bit more. Consistency and execution is number one. Number two is athlete and event specific workouts. Number three is experience in science. Number four is variety and alternating stimuli. Five is progression and workload. And six is mindset and tactics. And I wouldn't say that they're in any specific order and some are more watt based, whereas some are not. And if you've been listening to this podcast before, I would say there's probably 20% of the podcasts are not about putting out more watts. That is something that really gets overlooked these days. When I first started truly training and racing, it seemed like my mentors put so much emphasis on learning how to read a race. And these days when people come to talk to me, it's all about FTP which is why, and, and, and beyond that, um, you know, my FRC and this and that, and everything that counts can't be counted. And I think that goes along with learning race tactics and just the idea that you can train and understand some numbers, but then only do four races and be disappointed if you don't win is hard for me to understand because the culture that I came up in was very much, hey, in March, Saturday and Sunday, you're doing training races. You're going to get eight races in before the real races start. Every Tuesday night, there's a training race that I would not recommend you do all the time unless you are new and learning how to race. Because at that point, it's not like you're peaking and really getting into the nitty gritty of all the training details it's ride your bike a bunch race learn how that flow works and also work on watts so that's the preamble i guess consistency and execution actually that is number one that is the most important consistently ride your bike a red flag goes off in my head when I open up someone's training peaks and I see that they've skipped two to three days in a row. That's not being hyper spastic about people completing workouts. That's understanding the fact that this is a consistency game. You have to put in the reps, period. It's an endurance sport. That's how they work. It's a, While you should want to make it a lifestyle, if you want to really hit your best, If you can't do that or don't want to do that, but you still want to be good, consistency is better than overloading on just a few days and then not riding for three or four days. 
thinking about overall consistency and then hitting the workouts within the week to me is sort of a macro and a micro big picture overall are you training do you have training cycles down do you under does your body respond well to three weeks on and one week off are you we'll get to the execution but are you really riding those three weeks and getting the stimulus in to then recover from it so you come back stronger then the micro is the execution. People say, oh, I did a threshold interval. You look and it looks more like a group ride. Or, hey, I did an endurance ride. It's like, well, there's actually 14% at threshold or above. That's not an endurance ride. So actually being able to go out and do the workouts and complete them as they're to be completed. There are a lot of training plans out there that I am staunchly against templates for the fact that Don't spend your money on that. There's a million ways to figure out how to put a calendar together. If you just think about it, you'll learn so much more from that than blindly following this template that knows nothing about you. And it's a business that that people sell. I just don't really want to support that. And instead of someone telling you workouts that don't necessarily apply to you, it would be better if there was a way for you to figure out if you're executing the workouts that you're doing. Team up with a friend if you can't afford a coach and say, hey, these are the five workers I'm going to do. Look at my file afterwards and tell me what you see and start talking about it with people. I mean, that's I, I got into coaching because I was an athlete that init- right away I, was, I, need, I, I want to coach. I want to get better. Coaching is in all aspects of life is always a good thing. It's a, it's a mentor. If you don't buy into that idea, maybe you haven't had a good teacher, you haven't had a good mentor, you should try to find one, whether it's in your business life, in your sports life, just in life, people are better than all of us at something and find them and they'll help you. And so use that. And having one of those people can help you understand if you're spending your time wisely in the micro. Athlete and event-specific workouts, this is really more discussing what is someone's weakness and does the weakness, is that a hole in their armor for the type of event that they're doing? If somebody is horrible at sprinting, but they're going to do a 120-mile Grand Fondo, I'm less concerned about that than can they make it 120 miles? Are they going to get dropped when it gets spicy at mile 60 and then again at mile 80? And then if that person is good enough to, to be there at the end, then yeah, we need to address a sprint. But And you could say, well, isn't sprint, sprint training important for everybody? Yes and no. There's different thoughts on that. You'll hear very smart people say, hey, you just want to lift that highest ceiling as high as you can without getting into the details in this podcast, you know, think about it from the physiological side. Are you skewing someone though? Are you skewing their physiology by too much of that training to becoming too anaerobic? This is an aerobic sport. And event specific workouts obviously are more, hey, if there's a one minute climb at the end, you need to make sure that you're ready to race however many hours the race is going to be and then smash a one minute effort if you're going for the win experience and science 
I really think it's important for the second part of the science and staying current with training te- current training techniques is super, super, super important. I try out pretty much all the new things that come out on myself. I've been through a lot of different training programs in terms of if I was at some point coaching myself or if I was working with a coach saying, hey, I want to try this because of X, Y, and Z. This seems pretty popular. And I also think now as a coach full-time, this is what we do. It's important for us to understand what people are talking about, not from behind the computer, but from behind the handlebars, riding the bike and understanding the workouts that they're doing. And then experience uh, everything. I'm, I'm going to use this like every podcast, everything that counts can't be counted. There is a lot that I've learned over this 150,000 miles, logged miles that have taught me a ton of things. I've been in the shoes of the brand new cyclist. I've been in the shoes of the person riding 20,000 miles in a year. I've made it to some big podiums and I've also been the guy that's trying to get to his first podium. Use that experience with the science to help someone in their journey, wherever they are. Variety and alternating stimuli. So not doing the same thing over and over. And I really think a rotated style or pattern of training blocks based around the athlete and the event, as we talked about before, is very key. What's an example of this? If someone has a big time trial coming up, it's very easy for them for 12 weeks to want to do two by 20s, one by 30s, two by 45. I I actually have found more from the experience side. Athletes get dull from that. And it seems very cookbook when you talk to people, well, I sort of heard, heard, you know, my Tuesday and Thursday are my hard workouts. So those are when I should do these time trial efforts. It usually doesn't work that well. I would say, look at the physiology first. What's their weakness? Address it to the event and attack that event. And a lot of times just through that, a variety of workouts, whether you're working FTP, you're still throwing in a VO2 max workout in there, not willy nilly, but at some point the gains or the the way they feel riding their, their subjective feelings, you can make them faster by helping to lift that aerobic ceiling and they might need to do some vo2 max as opposed to just what the event is saying so you really need to look at the event and the athlete and that variety is really key in my mind that's my opinion progression and workload i i've kept on here even though i've posted a few times Progression, I think, is overhyped in the sense of these 3 by 10 must then go to 3 by 15 which must then be 3 by 20 The arbitrary numbers, I haven't listened to the Velo News podcast about RPE yet, but on my drive for Thanksgiving, I will do that. And I'm curious what they say, but there's some... I, prog- I do progress intervals with my athletes, but it's not that I'm thinking... If they don't get the second one done, they're failing. Or if the first one, you know, the first one, maybe they can go a little longer. But it's not that we necessarily need that stimulus. Like, where does that one workout fit in the big picture? I think, you know, maybe you need to be looking at weekly TSS progression as opposed to just workout progression. 
Because what if someone goes out and they crush the first one, first workout of the week, and they crush the second workout of the week, but maybe it left them a little tired. Now the second week, they're sort of lazy on Tuesday, and then they would do one working on Thursday, but, but maybe they completed the Tuesday one. They're progressing on the workout level, but when you look week to week, they're not progressing. And that might not be a problem that maybe you're overloading the first week for some reason. But I think that just it gets things muddled because a lot of I don't want to say online plans. I want to say history or this is how we were taught to do things. I mean, 10 years ago, this is what everybody was doing. I just don't think it always sees the big picture. And then we started really mindset and tactics If you don't think you're a winner, you're going to lose that race. If you can't convince yourself that you're going to win the race, you're not going to win before the race starts. In tactics, you need to study the game. You need to go out and just as you need to do the reps to get faster, you need to do the reps, you need to do the races. It's really hard to win a race if you only do four. And I get it. It's hard to go to races. It's You need to say goodbye to your spouse for a few hours if they don't want to come. You might need to get a babysitter. There's a lot of other things that go into that. And that's okay if you don't want to race, if you don't want to do events. This is more a comment, though, to people who want to upgrade and they want to get a Cat 1 and they want to do big races. Learning the tactics is from putting in the reps at the race. So focus, pain, success. Focus paints success. If you are focused and you set out a plan, you think of some of these bullet points, you might not agree with all of them or the way that I look at making an athlete succeed at their event. I really would say focus on the big picture. And that is more important than the just the single workouts. I can't stress that enough. And I know with a lot of us having access to things like WKO, it's a great tool. I don't think it always needs to be the North Star. I think there are times when it's a little bit misleading for an athlete. You know, the MFTP, MFTP changes, and other FTP has dropped. Uh, Remember that the algos can only give out based off of what we put in. And remember that we can only put in the time that we are on the bike. It does not know all the other things going on in your life. If you go for a two hour ride for that day, it calculates your scores of all of your endurance, athletic prowess based off two hours out of your 24 hour day. Maybe you also went to the gym. Maybe you did some core. Maybe you ate right. Maybe you didn't eat right. Don't hyper-focus on that. See the big picture. Hope you have a great week. What's today? We're going to post this one. I'm getting, I'm, we're getting better at scheduling here. This is going to be on Tuesday. So I hope you have a great Tuesday. Finish the rest of the week. We've got a bike radio coming up for you tomorrow. Some short pods. We have an Olympian coming on the podcast that I recorded last week. Last week was a busy week of, of pods. Monday, November 29th. Not going to want to miss that one. Thank you to everyone who's left us a review on Apple. We greatly appreciate it. And I really am thankful for everybody that has just told a friend about this podcast. We're seven coaches strong. We're all racing. We're all training. We're all on the Discord sharing 
our experience. We'd love to hear your experience and hopefully we can all make each other just a little bit faster. These 1% gains matter. And if you're in the game for a really long time, they matter a lot and they can make a huge difference in your life. I know they have in mind. All the best to you. Talk to you soon. The end.